The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Matthew chapter number 11, if you have your Bibles with us here this morning, Matthew chapter number 11. Thanks so much for coming on out and worshiping with us here at Ambassador this morning. Uh, typically at Ambassador Baptist Church, what we like to do is we like to go verse by verse through books of the Bible in these long series. And just a few months ago, we just finished going through the book of Ephesians, looking at our identity in Christ. Uh, during the fall, we're actually going to take the opportunity and go through the book of John. And I'm really looking forward to that, looking and seeing who Jesus is. During the summer months, though, we like to just take some time and go through different passages. And as we just saw in the video, Pastor's away on vacation. Thanks so much for letting him get away. And this morning, we're going to hear from Brother Joey Newton. He's going to come, and he's going to share with us from Matthew chapter number 11. Uh, if you have your Bibles open, please go ahead and stand with us as we read God's Word this morning. Matthew chapter number 11. We'll pick it up in verse number 28. Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 28. The Bible says, Come unto me, this is Jesus speaking, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. How many of you often feel labored and heavy laden? Notice what Jesus says. He says, Come unto me. The end of verse 28, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This morning, Brother Newton's going to come and he's going to bring a message simply entitled, How to Handle What's Handling You. I appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning. I appreciate the fact that Pastor read the introduction exactly how I wrote it for him. So that was, uh, that was a blessing. Um, this is a little bit unusual for me. Normally when I preach here, large groups of people get up and leave right at the beginning. So it's, it's, it's kind of nice to see a lot of faces. And I'm not kidding about that, by the way. Um, a couple of times I've preached has been during... Uh, different service areas orientation so a lot of people got up and left try not to take it personal but it doesn't always work out that way i do want to take this opportunity to to thank our pastor uh, i know he'll probably look back uh, on this uh, so i want to say thank you to him for allowing me this opportunity uh, to to speak this morning uh, it's one that i do not take lightly uh, i've been looking forward to this uh, for a while since he asked me and I noticed they didn't announce it before this morning, so I guess they were afraid nobody would come to church today. But uh, I appreciate the fact that you guys found out and stayed anyway, so thank you. Uh, I love our church. I love our pastor. Uh, I, I am excited and thrilled to see what God is doing here. Uh, when we moved here a little over, well, it was about almost five years ago now. Uh, it'll be five years in October when we moved here. We were at the old property on Clinton. And uh, a crowd about half this size. And so uh, God has really been working through the Ambassador Baptist Church of, of uh, seeing lives changed, people saved, people added to the church. And uh, I'm excited what he's done. I'm excited for what lies ahead for us still as well. Uh, let me ask you a question. You ever had a bad day? <laughs> I... How many of you are parents to small children? Raise your hand. You have, you have young children at home? How many of you have ever had young children at home? Okay. I realize that's kind of an unfair question, seeing how it's Sunday morning. Uh, those of you that still have young children at home, uh, I know what it's like uh, on Sunday morning with uh, small children. Uh, <laughs> whoever wrote the song, Easy Like Sunday Morning? 
obviously never had to get kids ready for church. And so uh, I appreciate the fact that, that God kind of used this morning in my life as, as kind of a preparation for this message. Uh, my youngest child that is at home uh, picked out an outfit for herself. That was interesting to say. I got to be careful because she's sitting right here. She's normally in the Kidsville, so normally I'd go into more detail. But uh, she's sitting right there. But uh, I recently had a bad day when I realized... Uh, a couple of days ago, when I realized my oldest was going into high school, and uh, so that was a little bit of a bittersweet day, I realized they're, they're getting older. When we moved here, he was in fourth grade, and now here he is getting ready to go into high school. Um, I'm proud of all my children, I'm proud of, of what they've done, I'm proud of the work they've put into their, uh, their education, their schooling, and the, the attitudes that they have. I really appreciate that. If you're visiting here this morning, this, this is a great Sunday for you to be here because like Elizabeth Taylor told her fifth husband, I won't keep you long. So, um, Those of you that laughed are obviously older than like 25 or 30. The ones that aren't, they're like pulling out their smartphones, Googling Elizabeth Taylor. Don't do that. Just ask your parents. Uh, anyway, I'm excited to be here this morning. You ever had a trial? a burden or a difficulty come in your life? Have you ever had a day where it was all you could do to just get out of bed? Have you ever gone to bed at night dreading the alarm clock going off in the morning simply because you, you, you kind of know and you're anticipating some of the things that, are lie, that, that lie ahead for you? Um... I've heard it said, as, as you probably have as well, that there are basically three stages of life. And this is going to be a real encouragement to you if you want to write these down. There's three stages of life. Number one, you're heading into a trial. Right on. Glad I came here this morning to hear that. Number two, you are currently going through a trial. Or number three, you are recently out of a trial, in which case you are back at number one. <laughs> How many of you have found uh, uh, that, that these like, trials, difficulties, burdens in life, they just sort of, it's like a, a, a vicious cycle. Um, you, you wake up one morning, you find yourself in a situation that maybe you didn't see coming, or maybe you knew it was coming, and, and, and all of a sudden you, you're going through a difficult time, and, and you, just, you have these things that are weighing on you, whatever the, the case may be. And then finally, you, it seems like you, you, you get through it and, and you can kind of exhale and, and relax and then you realize that, oh, there's another one on the horizon. And, and so basically three stages of life. God will allow things to enter our lives that nearly devastate us. But he does it to grow us and teach us more about him. Now, we all know that trouble and trials are part of the human life. After all, Job said in Job chapter 14 and verse 1, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Jesus said something similar in John chapter 16 and verse 33. He said, these things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Notice he didn't say you might. There's a really good chance you will have tribulation. No, he says, you shall have tribulation. That word shall in the Greek means will. And so, uh, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 
You see, burdens, troubles, trials, and difficulties are going to come our way. That is just a given. It's just a given. If you uh, have accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you are a child of God. Unfortunately, God does not promise that the Christian life is going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be a walk through the the garden and and trouble-free and have no difficulties or anything that you and I ever have to deal with. In fact, he said quite the opposite. Uh, He said, this thing called the Christian life is not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard sometimes to get through it. In fact, I would say that sometimes it might even seem impossible to get through it. Felix Neff said this, A Christian without affliction is like a soldier only on parade. So trials in our life are a given, but what is not a given is what you and I will do about the trials and the troubles that come our way. In this simple verse that we read a little while ago in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus gives us clear teaching on what to do with our burdens. He teaches us, if you will, how to handle what's handling you. Which leads me to my first thought this morning. Number one, if you have a a difficulty or a trouble or a trial, you, you feel afflicted, Number one, take your burdens to the right place. Take your burdens to the right place. Notice he says in Matthew chapter 11, he says, come. What an inviting word that is. Take your burdens to the right place. Letter A under that, let me say first of all, fretting won't help you. I realize fretting is not exactly a a common word that we use anymore, but it starts with an F and all the other ones start with F too, so we had to go with that. So first of all, under this, fretting won't help you. Um, can I say this? Most people take their burdens here, <laughs> but it's the wrong place to take them. We have become very good. I have become very good at worrying. Anybody kind of in the same boat with me? <laughs> we, there may not be a lot of things that I'm good at, but one of the things that I know I'm good at is worrying about things. Um, we fret a lot, if you will. Um, we are, after all, we are forbidden in the Word of God to worry about things. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says this, Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't fret about anything. Don't worry about it. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. John chapter 14 and verse 1 says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't fret about your problems. I know it it sounds easy to say, but not real easy to practice sometimes. Uh, We we become good worriers. Secondly, fleeing won't help you. Can I say this? You will never be able to outrun your problems. (laughs) You ever known somebody, it seems like they they try? Um, We've known people that that wherever they're at, they, they have troubles, they have difficulties, and so rather than trying to work through them, rather than trusting God, they move. And you know what I found with the people that are always trying to outrun their problems? The problems always seem to catch up with them. You you ever notice that? You, You try to outrun your problems, you think, man, if I can just get far enough away from the things that are troubling me, if I can just get, if I can just get out of here, if I can get far enough away from my troubles, then I'll be worry free. But I found that no matter where you go, troubles will always find you. I heard the story of a, a young woman named Patricia Christie 
This was a while back, but having just survived Hurricane Andrew in 1992, she vowed that she was going to leave the state of Florida as soon as she could. So she boarded the first plane to Hawaii and arrived just in time for Typhoon and Nikki. So fleeing won't help you. Thirdly under this, the next thought, fighting won't help you. Fighting won't help you. A lot of people try to live in denial and fight what they are called to face. Fighting against what the Lord brings into your life is dangerous. And it's dangerous because if we're not careful, after a while, we're going to find that we're no longer fighting against the difficulty. We're no longer fighting against the thing that, that God has allowed us to go through. We find ourselves actually fighting against God himself. Let me try to, let me try to give you a, 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 a mental picture of this, if you will. Um, Think about a tandem bike. How many, you guys know what a tandem bike is? The, the, it's the long bike that has at least two handlebars, two seats, and two pedals. And Imagine being on a tandem bike with someone and being in the back seat, okay? Which is the worst place to be if you ever ride a tandem bike. Because all you get to do is help pedal, okay? But imagine being on a tandem bike with somebody and... The person in the front of the tandem bike, they, what do they get to do? They get to decide where the tandem bike is going to go, right? So if I'm in the front and on a tandem bike and I decide I want to go right, guess where the tandem bike is going to go? It's going to go right. Well, what if the person in the back seat doesn't want to go right? What if the person in the back seat wants to go left? It's not going to work out, is it? And I can, be, I can, I can fight all I want against trying to go right. I don't want to go right, and I can fight it. And who, what am I really fighting? Am I fighting the tandem bike? Am I fighting the destination? Who am I really fighting against? The person in the front seat, right? And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves doing that in our life with God. Do you believe me when I say that God is sovereign? That God is in control of everything. And so if God has a predestined de destination for us, if God in His sovereign will has laid out a plan for, for my life and for your life, and God knows exactly how we're going to get to that destination, but I'm constantly fighting against that. I'm not really fighting against the destination. I'm fighting against the one that is trying to lead me to that destination. So fighting will not help us. I realize that all my subpoints under this start with the letter F, so let me just throw this out too. Facebook won't help you either. That, that was for free. Wrong place to take your problems, okay? That, that was for free. Uh, but my last thought under this is this. The Father will help you. The Father will help you. Notice again the invitation in verse 28. He says what? come. The Lord throws open the door to his throne room and invites all who are in need to come to him for help. Hebrews, uh, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, he says this, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. I find in my life that I am constantly in a time of need, and I constantly need help. And God, in His love and graciousness, 
has seen fit to extend an invitation, not just to me, not just to you, but to all to come. We need to take our burdens to the right place. I want you to notice, secondly, though, we need to transfer our burdens to the right person. So we need to take our burden to the right place, but we also need to transfer our burdens to the right person. Notice he says again in verse 28, Come unto me. Come unto me. You see, there is one who cares about your situation. Jesus has walked through loneliness. He's walked through need, difficulty, and even death. He's been hated, loved, accepted, and rejected. He knows what you're going through. And he cares about you. He says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Don't think for a minute that he won't understand. Because he does. In fact, I'll even say this. Not only does he understand, but he knows what you need even more so than you know what you need. When, when, I, when, I, when we go through a, a hard time, when we go through a difficulty, sometimes we think, I know what I need to get through this. I know what needs to happen to get through this. And, and I'll say this, God knows more than I know about what I need. Jesus understands exactly how I'm feeling. Jesus understands exactly how you're feeling. Why? Because he felt it too. What does the Bible say? We have not an high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know why the, the, the writer was able to write that? Because everything that we feel, every time we feel downtrodden, every difficulty that we face, every hardship that comes into our life, Jesus can honestly look at us and say, I know how you feel. I don't know about you, but that's a blessing to me. If I'm being honest with myself, I can't always say that when I'm, when I'm dealing with people. I've had people come to me when, when, when they're going through a difficulty and, and they explain their difficulty, their, their difficulty to me. <laughs> Let me try that one again. They explain their difficulty to me. There we go. Uh, and, and you know what? There have been times when, when, when I've had to look at them and, and inside I'm thinking, I have no idea what you're going through. I've never gone through that. I'll tell them, I'll, I'll pray for you. But I can't really empathize because I've never experienced that. You realize how comforting it is to be able to go to God and, and say, God... <laughs> This is what I'm going through, like he doesn't already know. But God, this is, this is what I'm going through, and this is the difficulty, this, man, my job, or my family, or my whatever. I'm really going through it. What a blessing to me to know that, that God can look at me and say, I know, and guess what? I know exactly how you feel. Because I've been there too. 
there's one who cares about your situation. Second thought under this, there's one who can do something about your situation. Not only does he know what we face, but he can change what we face and how we face it. I'm reminded of the song that I grew up singing in church. It was written by Charles Tinley. And it speaks about what we should do with our trials. And I thought about singing this, but then I decided no. So I'm just going to read the, the, the lyrics to you. But I want, I want you to, to listen to the second verse. The, the second verse to this song, uh, is, it's, it's just so gripping. These are, these are the words of the second verse. It says this. A lot of you will be familiar with this song. If your body suffers pain and your health you can't regain and your soul is almost sinking in despair, Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord. That's easy for us, isn't it? Sometimes, take your burden to the Lord. Man, we're faced with something, we deal with it throughout the week, and Sunday morning comes, and we hear the message, and, and God lays something in our heart, and so we go forward, and we pray about it, and we leave, our, we, we take our burden there, we take our burden to the Lord. You know what the rest of that song says? Take your burden to the Lord, and what? Leave it there. Not so easy sometimes. You ever found yourself in the same situation that I do sometimes, I'll take my burden to the Lord. I'll pray and say, God, you, I'm going through this. I, you've got to take this from me. Maybe you go forward at the end of a service or, or maybe it's in your home in your private prayer time or whatever the case may be. And, and, and you lay it all out there and you say, God, here it is. Here's my problem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to the Lord. Only to find that at the end of your prayer, you pick it up and take it back with you. And I've been there. And then I come again and say, God, I'm, I still have this problem. I, I still have this difficulty. So here it is. I'm laying it all out to you. I'm giving it over to you. I'm going to take it to the Lord. Amen. I pick it up and take it back with me. Now the song says, take your burden to the Lord and Leave it there. You know why? Because he cares about your situation. He cares about you, but he can also do something about it. I think sometimes we underestimate just how strong and just how powerful our God is. His power is beyond imagination. Think about this. The very one who spoke the universe into existence can and will take care of you. It baffles me how easily we will trust our eternal destiny to God. Now think about this for a second. Is there anything I can do about my eternal destiny and being able to spend it with God in heaven? Is there anything I can do? Is there anything you can do about that? No. You talk about something that is completely beyond the realm of our capabilities. It's salvation. There is not one thing that, that I can do 
to earn favor with God to be able to spend eternity with Him. There is nothing I can do. There is no amount of right I can do. There, is no, there are no amount of works I can do. There are no amount of prayers I can pray that will earn myself a spot in heaven. That is completely beyond the realm of my capabilities. So I had to come to a point in my life where I said, God, I, I realize that I am a sinner. I realize I have, I have done something that has violated your law, and I cannot save myself. And so therefore, I place my eternal destiny in your hands, and I am trusting you to come into my life and save me and take me to heaven when I die. I had to do that at some point in my life. And guess what? I had no problem doing that. Think about the weight of that decision. Think about how heavy that is. And we'll do it. Okay, God, I give you my eternal destiny. But then we have trouble paying the rent at the end of the month, and what do we do? What am I going to do? The world's coming to an end. That's it. I'm done. Stick a fork in me. Forget it. It's over. We have no trouble placing our eternal life in God's hands, but we have a hard time trusting Him with the the day-to-day things that come about in our life. So we see, first of all, that we should take our burdens to the right place. Secondly, we should transfer our burdens to the right person, which leads us to my last thought this morning. We need to trust our burdens to the right provisions. Trust your burdens to the right provisions. Towards the end of that thought, he says, Come unto me, all ye that that labor and are heavy laden, and I will what? I will give you rest. You see, sometimes God will remove your burden. Sometimes he will. Sometimes God will see fit in his sovereign will to remove the burden that you face. Some of us have probably had that happen from time to time. We've had a difficulty. We prayed and asked God to do something about it, and he relieved it. Sometimes God will remove your burden. Uh, I, I think of the, the, the widow at Zarephath in, in 1 Kings chapter seven, or 17. Remember that? Um, God sends Elijah to the widow at Zarephath. She's out collecting sticks. Uh, so, so her and her son, she has just enough flour and just enough oil to do what? To make one more cake. And then she, she says to Elijah, uh, well, you know, I, I only have enough flour and enough oil to make one more cake, and then my son and I are going to eat it, and, and then we're going to die. I'm not going to go into the whole idea about Elijah saying, well, make one for me first. Because if you just read that on a, surf, on a surface level, Elijah sounds like the biggest jerk in history. But Elijah had an idea of what God was going to do. And she did, and what did God do? She removed that burden from her. God provided enough flour and enough oil throughout the difficulty to maintain both her and her son. So God removed that difficulty. Sometimes he'll do that for you and I. Sometimes he'll see, or he'll, he'll lead us into a situation and we'll pray, and God will remove that burden. Secondly, sometimes He'll relieve your burden. There are times when the Lord will leave the burden on your shoulders, but He will lighten the burden just a little bit. Uh, I think He did this for Ruth when He allowed her path to cross with that of Boaz. Uh, he didn't completely remove the burden that she faced, but He lightened it just a little bit. 
The last un- uh, thought under this is sometimes he will rest you in your burden. I think this is the most common aid that we receive from him. He gives us grace to carry the load that we have been assigned. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9 says this, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. <laughs> you know what that says? My, my grace is enough. I know you have a difficulty. I know you have a, a trial. I know you have a hard time. But my grace is enough. We think, man, I, I need more money. I need more time. I need more friends. I need more favor at work. And God says, no, you just need my grace. That's enough. Because my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Sometimes, most of the time, God will give us rest in our burdens. I said earlier that God has a specific will and plan mapped out for each and every one of us. And sometimes he allows us to go over some speed bumps on that journey. Sometimes he allows us to face things that, to be quite honest with you, I'd rather not face. He allows us to to endure things I'd rather not have to endure. But I found in my life time and time again that even when the difficulties come, maybe he doesn't remove it. Maybe he'll relieve it a little bit. But I found in my life, you know what he always does? He always gives rest. We go to him and say, God, I, I need you. I need your grace. Have you caught on through this? The, the things that, that, that handle us? You realize the best way to handle it is to not handle it? Have you, have you kind of caught that? This isn't a message about what you need to do. This isn't five easy steps to get, away, to get out from under your burdens. It's, it's not... It's not Here's what you need to do. It's not a willpower message. It's not a you need to try harder. It's not a a self-help message, if you will. You want to handle the things that are handling you? Run to Jesus. Take it to God. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. It's amazing when God allows us to go through certain situations, the glory that he gets of not changing our situation, but changing us through our situation. And I hope that that when you and I go through a difficult time, I, I hope that when we Face the trial that God has brought into our lives. Remember, we're all on one of the three cycles of life. We're all in one of the three, three stages. We're either heading into a trial, we're in a trial, or we're just coming out of a trial, in which case we're heading to another trial. I hope that through those we would allow God to change our hearts, to change us, 
to be more like Him. One of the things that I've tried to learn to pray over the course of my life is not necessarily God changed my situation, but God changed me through my situation. Through this trial, make me who you want me to be. Now, I'll admit, sometimes I'm a slow learner. And sometimes I don't always catch it the first time. So God has to let me go through something similar to try to get me there again. But how many of you are like me? You don't like to go through the same thing twice. Okay? I'd rather learn the lesson the first time. I hope this made sense. I hope that if nothing else, we just get that the things that handle us, it doesn't make any sense for us to try to, hand, to, try to handle them on our own. I find that I usually just make it worse. I take a small mess, turn it into a big mess. <laughs> I hope that if we're going to learn how to handle what is handling us, that we'll learn to just take it to the Lord and leave it there. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.